Hi everyone, Adam Going here with the Chip and Chase Rugby Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, which is episode number one, I talk about the creation of Chip and Chase, a short bio about my journey to this point, and answer some of the questions that you sent in, including if I ever used rugby as a form of escapism. If you enjoy the podcast, then please show us some love, give it a good rating, and leave a positive comment. That'll inspire us to keep producing more content for you. So here goes, episode number one. And we're live, folks. Here we go. Podcast number one. Pretty excited about this, to be honest. And there's some cool stuff that I want to talk to you about today, for sure. But before I get into that, I just want to take a minute to dedicate this podcast to two important people. First up, my brilliant wife. She's been my rock, my partner in crime, and is the biggest supporter of me pursuing my passions in life. So for all your love and all of your unwavering support, thank you. This one is for you. Secondly, I want to dedicate this to a family friend of ours who passed away on Tuesday morning, Marta. She celebrated her 60th birthday this year and was one of the few people I knew who was truly happy in life, which is a rare feat in today's world. Whenever you got a hug from her, it felt like a hug from your own mother. Such was her deep love for everyone and indeed everything. She followed and lived her passion every day. And as someone who's trying to do exactly the same, but in a different industry, she always inspired me that way. So Marta, this one is for you as well. You will be missed. Alrighty, so here we are. Podcast number one. A little bit scary, a little bit intimidating for sure. I've had a few sleepless nights in terms of speaking in front of the microphone and making sure I have the right equipment and all of this but I guess just like everybody else that's ever started a podcast all you have to do is start you're not going to have the best equipment you're not going to have the most confidence you're not going to be the most well-spoken but I guess it's just a learning curve just like everything else so if you're tuning into this thank you very much for doing so thank you for downloading it make sure you don't forget to subscribe as well And a massive shout out to everybody that has supported us over the last nine or 10 months in this journey, whether you've purchased one of our products, whether I've done coaching with you, whether you've given us business advice, no matter what it is, we really appreciate all the love and the support. And without that, I wouldn't be able to call this my job. I wouldn't be able to say that I do this for a living, which is a pretty cool living to make, getting to chat shit about rugby all day. So massive thank you to everybody that's supported us watches our content that engages with our content that responds to our content that resonates with us it it does mean a lot and it's very humbling and very flattering to to receive such love so on the podcast today i've broken it down into a few little sections i'm going to talk a little bit about the creation of chip and chase followed by a very short bio about myself and then I'm going to get to the questions that you've sent and I've picked out three in particular that I really like that I think we could get into a little bit. I'm going to try my best to keep the podcast to less than 30 minutes so if you're listening to this on your commute to work or you're at the gym or you're out for a walk it should be the the perfect length for you to get some information in and kind of maybe de-stress from the world a little bit. So first up is the creation of chip and chase and how it came about now i'd love to be able to sit down and tell you that we had a business plan in place and this has been our dream for a long time but the truth is this was the result of a drunken conversation one friday night in edmonton and you don't always make good decisions when you're on the drink 
but I think this might have been one of the best decisions that I've ever made while intoxicated. So basically the story is myself and one of my buddies who I played rugby with here in Edmonton, we were both playing soccer one Friday night on his work team and we got absolutely destroyed like 14-0 or something. The other team just made a mockery out of us but that's what happens when you put two rugby players on a soccer team. And after the game we went out for a couple of pints which turned into a lot of pints and we were talking about soccer, rugby and sports where you kick a ball and my buddy mentioned that there was a guy on the team that couldn't believe how well him and I were able to strike a soccer ball considering we never really played. And we kind of expanded on that conversation a little bit on that point and why we thought we were good kickers. And then that very quickly gathered momentum and snowballed into chip and chase. And literally the next day I woke up with a massive hangover and I started an Instagram page for chip and chase and that was the end of it. That was about October, November of 2019. So we're fast approaching our one year anniversary here, which is pretty cool to say that you've had a company up and running for, for nearly a year. And the whole goal and point of Chip and Chase is to provide rugby players with the best information possible when it comes to kicking. Now, there's a lot of information out there on this subject, and unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation out there on this subject as well. If you jump over to any social media page who claims to be a kicking coach or rugby coach or anything, and they talk about kicking, a lot of the information that they share is old information that they were given or information that they used as a player. They've regurgitated it and packaged it up in a slightly different box, slapped their face and their name and a pretty bow on the box and then tried to sell it to you as something new. And the fact is, it's not something new. There's nothing new under the sun. And what they're selling you is a big pile of shit, to be honest. Now, a lot of the information that's out there is correct. Because when it comes to kicking a rugby ball, the biomechanics of it will never change. However, in rugby kicking, there's a lot of information that isn't known in terms of biomechanics on how to optimally strike a ball. And there is far too much of the regurgitation of nonsense that happens in rugby all the time. So I'm 33 years old right now, I'm 34 in a couple of weeks, and 15 years ago I was given advice on how to kick a ball. Now that information was the same as whenever I was given it when I was 13 years old, so five years before that, 20 years ago. I was also given the same advice 10 years ago. And whether it was 20 years ago, 15 years ago, or 10 years ago, or even now today if I jump on social media, a lot of the information on kicking hasn't changed. And that's really disappointing for me in terms of being a coach, wanting to be a rugby educator, and wanting rugby players to be the best kickers that they can possibly be. Because there's only so far you can go with per information. So one of our goals here at Chip and Chase is to try and break through a lot of the, the bullshit information that's there and try to debunk a lot of the myths around kicking as well and we're going to do that through education on social media our instagram account's going very well it's getting stronger every day we're about to build out a youtube channel as well i'm in the process of creating a private facebook group for our our customers and anybody that's purchased anything from us and then obviously with the podcast here as well 
And on top of that, we're building out rugby programs where you'll be able to purchase a program from start to finish on any type of kick that you want. And you'll be able to work through that as if it were a module for school or university. So we want to try and bring you the best information that we can. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We've, we've been enjoying it so far. And I put up a post on our Instagram last week called The Truth About the Follow Through. So if you haven't been able to watch that, jump on Instagram and have a look at it. Because I talk very openly in it with a no-nonsense approach to what other social media coaches have been telling you to do on the follow-through, which for me is garbage. Now, I'm not going to get into the post here because you can go over to our Instagram and watch it. But that's the type of content that we want to put out there. So we've been filming a lot over the last few months. Got plenty of content to release over the, the next coming weeks and months as well. And I really hope that if you're a kicker that you respond well to it and it resonates with you because a lot of the information that we're going to present comes from a scientific point of view and a biomechanical point of view as well. But also some of it is just plain common sense that has seemed to desert a lot of us as we go down the rabbit hole of social media coaching. So hopefully we're going to bring a little bit of a fresh approach to rugby and to kicking. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here and I think that's important to say. As I mentioned, a lot of the aspects in kicking that are there right now are good, are effective, but you can always be more optimal. And that's all we want to do is make sure that every strike that you have is as optimal as it can be based on the information that we're going to provide you through our different our different channels on the biomechanics on, on how to nat- kick a ball as naturally and as optimally as possible. Now, I'm never going to call out anybody on our social media and say that their way is wrong because I don't believe that there is right or wrong. You've just got things that support your goal and things that don't support your goal. And I want to make sure that our page is all about supporting your kicking goals, whatever that may may be, whether that's more distance, more height, more accuracy, having a more natural strike, being able to read plays and know when to kick, whatever that case is, that's where we want to come in and really provide that support that we think is severely lacking in the rugby community in terms of kicking right now. So the next thing I want to talk about is just very quickly a bio about myself, just to give you all a little bit of information, knowledge and context as to who I am and the journey that I've been on that's led us to actually producing a podcast now. So as you can tell from the accent, I'm not originally from Canada. I was born and bred in Northern Ireland and I lived there for the first 23 years of my life. And I played for two rugby clubs there, one of them my local rugby club, Portadown Rugby Club and then Armagh Rugby Club which are massive rivals with Portadown and I spent two seasons at Portadown and four seasons at Armagh before travelling out here to Canada and both those clubs are very very good clubs I've made lifelong friends in both I think I've probably made lifelong enemies in both as well but such is the balance of life in the yin and the yang But Armagh in particular was really where my rugby knowledge kind of went to the next level in terms of rugby IQ, game awareness, game development, organisation on the pitch. And we we had an incredible squad for four years that virtually didn't change. A few new faces here and there. And we had a great coaching staff in charge as well. And my final season, 2010-2011, was the culmination of four years of unbelievably hard work, struggle and a lot of disappointment along the way. 
and that final season we got promoted into the All-Ireland League, so senior rugby, and that was the first time in the club's history that that they were a part of that. And since that season, the end of 2011, now nine years later, Arma have had three, maybe four promotions in that time, and they sit very proudly, and rightly so, in Division 1B. So 1B is the second highest division in the entire country. So to shoot up that high and that far so quickly is just a massive testament to everybody in the club, right from the top, the the president of the club, all the way down to the, the coaches and the players at the grassroots in, in the mini rugby. And it's a phenomenal growth for them. And it's, I'm very, very proud to say that I played a very small part in in getting them where they are today. And it's a club that I'll never, ever forget about. I've got a jersey of theirs that, that I wore all season in my office here with a frame on it. You might have seen it on our Instagram. And everybody signed it. And I've got pictures of it. And it's one of my most valued possessions when it comes to Armagh. So if there's anybody from Armagh listening, I miss you guys. I think you guys are doing a wonderful job in the club from top to bottom. You're a real credit to, to the community and to rugby as a whole. And if I wasn't 33 and old and battered, I might come back and try and play one more season and show these young bucks how it's done. But unfortunately, I think I'm, I'm past that stage. So at the end of 2011, I then ventured out to Canada on a full-time basis. And I played for two clubs here in the last nine or ten years, the Strathcona Druids in Sherwood Park, Alberta and St Albert Rugby Club based in St Albert also in Alberta and both sides are in the same league as each other the Alberta Premier Cup and I played for the Druids for four years and I've been associated with St Albert for six years but I actually only played two seasons with them because of injuries and getting married and having kids and life getting in the way so I went back and played for them for my final season two years ago 2018 and unfortunately I snapped a ligament in my ankle halfway through the season which probably confirmed my beliefs that at 31 years old I shouldn't have gone back to play and and try and mix it with with these young fellas that are unbelievably fit and strong and have a real thirst for it and I was maybe just going back to massage my ego a little bit but in the last two years since I've stopped playing I've really turned my attention to kicking and to coaching and unfortunately with with COVID happening this year the season here in Canada was cancelled and I was I was on the coaching panel for for St Albert Rugby Club for the men's premier side I was meant to be the the skills coach for them for the year so that was kind of disappointing because I think we only got two maybe three practices in before everything was cancelled and Covid threw a fucking wrench into the works but in the last two years I've really focused on on kicking and expanding my knowledge in the in the rugby world I do a lot of coaching one-on-one with people on, on how to kick every type of kick I've been doing analysis as well for individuals as well as teams on their kicking whether it's kicking in a game and they want to use it as a play or individual analysis from somebody that has a, f- a five second goal kick that wants some tips on how to improve that so it's been a really cool kind of year and a half two years on that front and I've enjoyed it immensely and now here we are September 2020 
and rocking out a podcast. So life could definitely be worse. That's for sure. It's been a, a roller coaster journey. I've picked up a Canadian wife and two half Canadian children. I say half Canadian children. They were born here, but they both have Irish passports. So I'll say they're 50% Canadian, maybe just to appease the Canadians out there. But it's been a hell of a journey and I've picked up lifelong friends in all four clubs. And as I mentioned, probably some lifelong enemies as well. But sure, that's all part and parcel of it. So there you go. So there's a little about me and my journey. It's not too enthralling. It's just probably pretty standard to everybody else's journey. But I want to get into the questions that that we got sent in because there's there's two of them that we can really kind of get our teeth into, which is awesome. So the first question is, who is my favorite player to watch currently at the minute? Well, there hasn't been a whole lot of rugby to watch, unfortunately, because of COVID. But obviously the competitions are starting to open up a little bit more slowly and games are happening, which is good. So out of all the games that I've been able to watch over the last couple of months, favorite player to watch without a doubt is Richie Mwanga from the Crusaders. Boy, did he just light it up this year in Super Rugby Aotearoa. He was he was phenomenal. He really was. And his game has evolved incredibly over the last two years. And he's really matured as a player. He broke into the All Black squad just before the World Cup in 2019. But even during the World Cup, and he played okay. But he always felt he was maybe playing within himself and a little bit within his shell. And... It really looked like he was trying to find his feet at international rugby. And since the World Cup has ended and he's gone back to the Crusaders, he just seems to thrive in that environment so much. And the season 2020, like obviously the Crusaders won Super Rugby again, the third or fourth time in a row. And he was just outstanding in every aspect of his game. First up, his kicking, his goal kicking is unbelievably reliable now, whereas a couple of years ago it wasn't that. His kicking in open play has come on leaps and bounds. And with that comes his game management. So he knows when to have a go himself. He knows when to take it to the line and offload. He's able to read the play better, see where the opposition are, put in those little poke, poking and prodding kicks in behind defences. His, his explosiveness going forward in attack is quite frightening. He seems to have incredible leg power. He can step off both feet very well. He's got gas to burn. His post-contact meters were fucking huge in Super Rugby. For anybody out there that doesn't understand what that means, post-contact meters is when you get hit in a tackle, but you you continue to make, to make yardage. And that's because of the power that he's got in his lower body and his upper body as well. And he's not that big of a guy. I think he's probably 5'10", maybe 5'11", at a stretch. But he's incredibly explosive. And then one of the his aspects of, the, of his game that I think is, is incredibly underrated is his vision and is his passing. And those two things for me go hand in hand because if, you're, if you've got great vision, there's no point in being a shit passer of a ball because if you can spot something but you can't release the, a pass into where it needs to go, you're no good to anybody. And his passing is something that's seriously underrated. So if there's any young out-haves out there across the world, young number 10s that want to learn or see somebody that has an excellent pass focus on Richie Moanga he's been he's lit it up this year and he's been an absolute joy to watch and there is another player that I'm looking forward to watching I haven't really seen him play yet is Ian Madigan down at Ulster back at at my side and 
I'm really excited to see him play. I think he's an incredibly talented player. He's just fallen victim to the fact that there's been world-class players above him or in the same position as him that have that have gone above him in the pecking order for the last number of years. I mean, especially with with Ireland. I mean, he was in playing for Leinster, but he had Johnny Sexton ahead of him and there's not very many people that usurp Johnny Sexton at out half. So he went across to France and played for a few years. Then he came back and played in the UK with Bristol and they had a phenomenal backline and lots of players and he couldn't make couldn't get up to be the first choice out half there. And now he's moved back to Ulster and while he's competing with Billy Burns, who's a very, very good player and has been playing some excellent stuff for Ulster, I do think he'll be able to to make that number ten jersey his own in an Ulster jersey once he starts getting a run of games together because I mentioned Richie Mwanga's passing, Ian Madigan's passing might be the best passing of an out half I've seen that 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 currently plays. That is, his passes aren't just like a bullet, they're incredibly accurate and he doesn't always pass to where you are, he passes into the space that he wants you to go into. And as, a, as an out half, that is critical. So again, any young 10s that are listening, don't always pass to the man. Pass to where you want that player, that teammate of yours to be, where the space is. And that's what Madigan does. His kicking is very good, despite not being very big, similar to Moanga, very explosive, very powerful. Not doesn't shirk a tackle either. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him play on a Friday night in Belfast in the European Cup next year. I think he's going to do really good stuff for Ulster. The next question is... What did you make of the Canterbury rugby fiasco? So, for anybody that's listening that isn't aware of this, Canterbury Rugby are the main jersey sponsor for the Irish rugby team and they manufacture the jersey for the Irish rugby team. So I think it was last week or maybe the week before, the Irish rugby team launched their new jersey in partnership with Canterbury on both the men and the women's national teams. So for the men's pictures in their new jersey i think there were three or four of the current players that were modeling the jersey and they look great in it the jerseys itself yeah they're, they're just a jersey i'm not super keen on them but there was a bit of a backlash from canterbury because on the women's side for the for the women's jersey they didn't bring in any players like they did with the men instead they hired a few professional models to come in and model the jersey so Canterbury were under a fair amount of pressure because of that and there's been a bit of a backlash and I, I saw a hashtag on, on Instagram recently, hashtag I am enough and I think that has been created to create and support positive body image with female rugby players which I think is fantastic. Um, and in terms of, of Canterbury, I mean, what do I think of it? I, look, I think they made a mistake. I think they they should have asked the female players to be on in, in that photo shoot because for, if you look at it from a player's point of view, I'm sure the female players would have absolutely loved to have been in the new range of jerseys and they would have felt a massive amount of pride in modelling the new jerseys just as the men would have and Canterbury should have asked them and not only was it a bit of a mistake, they also missed out on a massive opportunity to to promote the female game not just in Ireland but around the world as well and as Canterbury being synonymous with rugby and one of the biggest if not the biggest rugby brand out there that was a huge lost opportunity for them as well. Um, they have apologised for it and they've vowed to do better 
And I mentioned in my social media, on it was an Instagram post last week, that that's all you can really expect from anybody, to be honest. They acknowledged it, they apologized for it, and they have now implemented an action plan going forward. So I think it's important that while I understand there was a little bit of anger and frustration and resentment towards Canterbury, everybody in the rugby community needs to let that go now because they've they've seen the error of their ways and they're trying to do better. And now I think it's up to us, not just in the rugby community, but as a whole, to give them that opportunity to try and do better. Because we've all made mistakes in life. All of us. There's nobody that's perfect. And every time you make a mistake, you want your friends or your family or your business or whoever, you want them to give you another chance to make sure that you don't make the same mistake. And Canterbury deserve that chance just as anybody else would so as long as we don't drag them through the mud for the rest of their days about this I don't really have an issue with it Uh, I think that one mistake doesn't define them as a company or a brand and on the same token or the flip side of that all the good work that they do with rugby clubs and grassroots rugby that doesn't define them as a brand either so let's give them the opportunity to do better i'm sure they will do better let's just give them that chance and then we'll just move on uh, with with our lives and hopefully forget that it ever happened okay last question that i got or last question that i'm going to read today this is a really good one and i'm really glad it was brought up it says have you ever used rugby as a form of escapism and if yes how did you turn that around so first and foremost i'm going to answer this as bluntly as i can the answer is yes i absolutely have used rugby as a form of escapism a hundred percent yes i've used it as a form of escapism from life in general from school from university from work from family escapism from finances escapism from anger and frustration like you name it i've used it as a form of escapism and i think that this is something that nobody really talks about in terms of mental health because this this shouldn't happen in rugby and it's not just rugby it's all sports but it it really shouldn't happen like it always makes me upset to think that what type of lives are we are we leading whenever we need a form of escapism from our life now, you can look at that across across anything. If you get four or five weeks of vacation a year from, from your job, that's four or five weeks of escapism from your job. Like It is, let's be honest. And we all have gone on vacation whenever there's one or two days left and you're just dreading those last couple of days because you're like, fuck, I do not want to go back to the office. Now, rugby is very similar in the fact that for two or three practices a week plus a couple of hours on a Saturday maybe longer if you're in the club having some pints you don't have to deal with life you don't have to deal with relationships you don't have to deal with your problems you don't have to deal with anything you just get to focus on rugby and while that's amazing I don't think rugby or any sport in general should be that rugby has always rugby should enhance your life But in order for it to enhance your life, you need to be fairly happy, if not very happy, across all aspects of your life. Because then and only then will it not become a form of escapism. So the second part of that question, how did I turn that around? Well, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but over the last five or six years, 
my wife and I have really been on a quest to be better in every aspect of our life in terms of our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health and really try to strive, not for perfection, absolutely not, but strive to be better every day in all four of those aspects. And once we started looking at that, I realized that I had some relationships, both in rugby and out of rugby, that weren't supporting me in my life goals. That might have been a little bit toxic in nature. And I decided to clean those areas up. And once they got cleaned up and maybe things were addressed or friends were lost or relationships were broken, whatever the case was, it was kind of like a weight off my shoulders. And then it's like everything else in life. Once you gather momentum in one thing, that snowballs into something else. You know, if you start eating just a little bit better every day, then you gather momentum and it's easier to eat better every single day. Then you add in working out, a little bit of exercise here and there. You start feeling good on that front. You do a little bit of a purge of your relationships. You start feeling good in that. You then get on top of work. You start hitting deadlines. You start committing more. You start sleeping better. All of these things roll in to one another. And you have to... You have to pay attention to all of these areas and you do have to give them all a little bit of work. And sometimes you can do a little bit in all of them. Sometimes you might just have to focus on one and really nail it down until it becomes a routine. And then you can move on to the next thing. But I've got a game in my mind at the minute that has just popped in. So back in 2014 when I was playing for St Albert, we I missed both practices that week leading into the game that we had because I was in Montreal, Quebec, in Canada for work for that week. And it was a pretty stressful week in work. I got my ass handed to me by my boss numerous times. And on top of that, the, my flight home wasn't until 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, whatever it was, in the evening on Friday night. So by the time I landed into Edmonton Airport and got my shit and got home to my apartment, it was like four in the morning. Now, I had to get up at 10 because our game was at 12. It was an early kickoff. So I had like five or six hours sleep of shit sleep, broken sleep. I was angry. Um, I'd eaten a bit of shit food on the flight. I'd had a beer. And I just wasn't feeling good. And then I took that into the game on Saturday, and I was just horrific in that game. And I remember the game very clearly. I started at out half and I was struggling. I couldn't get my passing right. I couldn't get my kicking. My communication was nowhere to be found. I was falling off tackles. Like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And I just thought, Jesus, like our coach, she's going to she's gonna sub me off here any minute. And rightly so. And then just after halftime, and there was a break in play and she called me over and she, was, she said to me, get your fucking head out of your ass. And I told her I can't. I just can't shift this shit that happened to me all week. And she goes, okay, well, I'm going to move you to fullback and I'm going to put somebody else in at out half. And that was good because she showed a bit of confidence in me and the fact she wanted to keep me on the pitch, but she wanted me out of the integral role of, of playing 10. So I stayed on for the rest of the game and I made like a little half break towards the end, which we scored off, which was nice. But as a whole, I was just, I was fucking abysmal in that game. And ever since then, it really showed to me that your life has to be not in perfect synchronicity with everything, but your life has to be in a good place in order for you to get your most the, the most of yourself out of rugby. And I've always played my best rugby when I've been happy in life. 
So again, going back to how did I turn that around, the first thing that I had to do that anybody has to do is actually recognize if you are using rugby as a form of escapism. And then after that, look at your life from a holistic point of view. Who are your friends that you've got? What are your circle of friends? What are your family relationships like? What are you stressed about? Do you hate your job? What's going on in your world? How's your diet? How's your exercise regime? And you've got to try and get better in all of those because once you do, everything starts clicking in your life. So in 2018, when I went back and played my final season, I was in a great place in my life. My Our first child, my daughter, was just about to be born. Uh, oh, sorry, I think she was. She had been born already. Sorry, when the season started, she was about six or seven months old. So we were in a great place with her. We, uh, Myself and my wife, we were unbelievably healthy. Um, I was in the best shape that I've been in probably ever. I rocked up to game one at about 185 pounds. I was the leanest that I'd ever been. I was the fittest that I'd ever been. I was the strongest that I'd ever been. And I was 31 at the time. And I was in a really good place with work. I was getting paid a ton of money to do very little work. And everything was good. And because everything was good and I had worked hard in all those aspects, my rugby was really good as well. So if you really want to make sure that you don't use rugby as a form of escapism, just tidy up certain aspects in your life first. You don't need to go 100% in on diet, on exercise, on relationships, on school, on finances, on stress levels, on emotion, on sleep, on everything. But just a little tiny bit, and I mean a tiny bit, if you've been sleeping six hours a night, try and sleep for seven. Something as simple as that, right, can, can have a snowball effect not just on your sleep, but in other areas as well. So I hope that answer has helped and best of luck to you in that if that's something that you feel that you do as well. Use rugby to escape from reality because that, that's not nice. And our mental health right now is so important, especially in the world that we live in where a lot of the world is under lockdown and curfew and, and we're not allowed to touch each other and talk to each other. We're not allowed to go, go for pints and all this other garbage. So definitely look after yourselves, look after your mental health. And if you have any other further questions on that, please let me know because I'd love to, to have a chat with you or anybody else about that if they struggle between finding that balance of, of work, and, work and rugby or life and rugby or life and work or whatever the case is. All right, folks, so that's everything from me today. This has been an absolute blast. I'm really glad I, I plucked up the courage to do it, even though it's actually relatively easy to speak into a microphone in an empty room. But... Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate the questions that came in. I'll probably address three to five questions per episode, depending on, on the time frames. As I said, I do want to keep this around the 30-minute mark. So if you're on your commute to work or you're out practicing your goal kicking or you're at the gym or whatever, you're out for a short walk, you can just stick this into your ear and, and have a listen, hopefully have a laugh and, and maybe learn something as well. So massive thank you to everybody uh, that has supported us, that has shown us love, much love back to you as well you know who you are and if you haven't done it yet make sure you subscribe to the podcast this is going to be coming out every single week monday morning so let's start your week off right and please don't forget to give us a good rating if you've enjoyed it as well as a positive comment because that will go a long way at our end to really know that you're enjoying it and if we know that you're enjoying it we're going to keep on producing it so thanks a million to everybody that's been involved so far this is just the beginning of a pretty cool and special adventure and we're really excited to take you all along on that journey with us we'll chat to you later